0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another Tiger Project podcast episode. Today, we'll be talking with Mr. DeVries about what it takes to run the musical Mamma Mia and theater in general. Hope you all enjoy. Thank you so much for being here. Just to start us off, would you quickly introduce yourself and what your role is at GCDS?
1: Yes. Uh, My name is Jonathan DeVries. I am the director of the choirs and director of musical theater and for Mamma Mia, I was the co-director and then also functioned as music director and tech director.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I think at a school, everybody wears multiple hats.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so what does a director or a co-director have to keep in mind as they bring a play to life?
1: Um, well, there's the logistical side of things.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> the, the actual who needs to be where, when... What do we need to function in rehearsal? Um, you know, thinking about t- teaching what needs to be done to the assistant directors. So to the, mm-hmm. first of all, to the students that are helping make the production happen, coordinating with them first. That this is what we need after auditions are done, and this is when we need to do it. And so that they know how to help be a part of the process. Um, so yeah, it's the logistical side of how, where are we going to rehearse, who's going to rehearse, um, what students we need, and do they have conflicts? So there's that whole that whole side of the process. Um, and at the same time, we're thinking about, okay, when we get to the theater, what do we need starting there? Right. And when do we need it? Um, and I think whoever the director is, or in this case, co-directors, we're constantly talking to the other designers of the show. Mm-hmm. So we can't very well plan out choreography and staging unless we know from the, s- the scenic designer, Mr. Yonke, for this, um, mm-hmm. unless we know where things are going to be. Um, and very early on in the process, the costuming, something that GCDS does really, really well, we have to plan that out from the very beginning. What if they can't do a certain kind of dance movement in that certain kind of costume. In right. fact, I think we had a couple of
2: yeah. <laughs> conversations
1: about in this show too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so there's there's that whole, you know, and that's not even thinking about teaching the music. It's the, the how do we do it and what do we need to start doing it? Mm-hmm. Um, in musicals, generally, the music happens right away because it's hard to do choreography for a song if you don't know the music. Um, so students learning their voice parts, learning who is singing what where, Um, that's usually the first step. And in Mamma Mia that was extra weird and the score is a little bit unusual where it has all these sections where it either says recorded vocals or offstage singing. Um, So we had to merge, and I think every show does this, but this one was a little bit, had more to it than that, where we had to decide who who really is singing when it doesn't tell us who's supposed to sing, Um, who do we assign what to. Right. So. There's some decisions that we make like that that happen during the casting process. And then there's a whole bunch of that that happens in those first few music
0: rehearsals. Mm -hmm. So if you were to kind of take all the entire role of a director um, and kind of simplify it down, what do you think would be like the first step that you would do in order to kind of begin to produce a musical or a play for a high school?
1: Um, Well, it's sort of telling the idea of what is the story we want to tell and who do we need to motivate to help us tell that story Um, is it motivating students to audition Um, is it motivating um, other faculty to help us with a task that we need to take care of
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, pick up where we just Mm -hmm. left off with that thought which is think of a show like mary poppins which heaven was in and we had to think about how we were going to do all the the flying Mm -hmm. like Um, like, it's Mary (laughs) Poppins there has to be that kind of thing or if you're doing a show like Matilda how do you do all the magic that happens in a classroom Mm -hmm. so sometimes we think about what students and, and teachers might be able to help problem solve those things people who might not already be involved in the show. So I think the, the director at their core is a collaborator. They have to pull people together, whether it's students or peers or outside professionals to help us make decisions about things that we might not know. Um, I, I know a fair amount about lighting and sound, but it's not what I trained for in, in college and in university. So I love talking to people who, that is their career and their profession, and they help guide us making decisions that we might not even know the questions to ask for. So I think the, the role of the director is very much a pulling how many people they can under together in one group to start making those decisions collectively.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. Um, have you had any favorite plays to direct or co-direct in the past, and if so,
1: what uh, were they? Into the Woods has been a favorite, So having done that last year, I had done it before. Um, So I really loved doing that again. Um, Boy. So in in the music theater workshop class, we were throwing out names of shows that we think that GCDS should do sometime in the next two to three years. And so it's like sort of like a little dream board. What, What do you wish we could do? And some you have to scratch back off the list and say, no, that's really not feasible. Um, but there's shows that I really want to do sometime um, when the time is right and it's hard to know when that would be. I love I love Les Mis. Um, And by the way, everybody has opinions on these things, right? Yeah. People have very strong opinions about <laughs> because it shows they've seen or shows they've maybe been in or they've heard other people talk about shows. Um, I didn't have Legally Blonde like on my list of mm-hmm. like Desire. But I've had other students that have sort of swayed me to realize that actually it's kind of a good, fun show. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, uh, I love the story of Little Women and the music behind it. Um, And I I love that GCS should not do every show that's like a pop musical, like Mamma Mia. I think we need to tell different kinds of stories. Um, And I think that should be something important to whatever the next shows we do in the next couple of years. What kind of shows should we, Story should we be telling? Um, a story like You're um, in Town.
2: Oh, right. We're has, talking about
0: <laughs>
1: Yeah. It has a title that puts people off, but yet it has such an interesting, um, multiple interesting threads through it, like... Yeah. You know, the fact that our, our sustainability program is such a unique thing. It's something that sets our school apart. And last year in one of the classes, I challenged the students, find any Broadway show out there that's ever been produced that talks about sustainability or environmental concerns. Um, and there's very few. Um, there's the, the, the movie, The Lorax, which has sort of been made into an unofficial musical. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't think that's legal to produce. Mm -hmm. So you get to that, and there's not many other options. Um, So You're in Town sort of encapsulates this unique place. Um, So that's a show, I think, that could be or should be in our future at some point. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole lot more. And I think in the last two years of decisions about what a show should be, um, we've often polled the students. And the answers have surprised me as to what we should do. And so I'm, I'm never closed minded about what that option should be. Um, because sometimes we're not, maybe we're not ready to do a show. Maybe right. we're not ready to do a show like rent yet, but should we something like it or maybe that show? Sure. Um, it's another rock and roll show, a lot of guitars.
0: Yeah.
1: Don't know if that would be next year's show, but these are all things I think they each one of these shows has a message and value. um, I think one of the most powerful things about Mamma Mia was seeing um, having the entire upper school there in attendance right.
2: mm-hmm. on
1: the Saturday preview. Yeah, that was powerful. People were a little rowdy, they're a little goofy, although the show kind <laughs> of allowed for that. <laughs> Other yeah. shows might not allow that as as comfortably. Um, and I think that was an important part of selling what theater can do. Mm-hmm. It can entertain. We can have fun. Um, some shows will entertain and have fun, but also have a stronger message. Right. Mamma Mia has has a message, but it's sort of slightly less important than the having fun side of things. Yeah, yeah. Don't you, do you agree? yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, So I think you know what what a piece of theater should be is is telling the story that we think we should be telling.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and that's where I don't think that decision should be made completely in a vacuum. The faculty will ultimately make that decision based on what we think will be successful um, but having students voice what they think should be our message is is just as critical as some of the other things that we think of.
0: Mm-hmm. so you mentioned briefly that one of your favorite plays to direct was "Into the Woods," and that you've done that play uh, musical in the past before, yeah. Of course, last year with COVID, a lot of things changed. Do you think that COVID may have permanently affected how plays and and musicals in the future are produced? Or do you think that it's kind of after a while, the changes will kind of revert back to normal?
1: That's a great question. And I think there's a difference between theater that happens in schools Mm -hmm. and theater that happens professionally. And then there's that tier in between and that's not even college productions. I still think that's a, like school. Like you have a co- contained community right, yeah. that is in it and can come to see it. Um but those semi-professional shows like in nearby towns and and um and community productions as and then the top tier which is the either the touring Broadway shows or the ones in New York city um I think they have figured out a way to exist. <laughs> Um, they cancel shows every so often will that be the case at different waves in the future? Maybe Um, I hope that the audience doesn't have to be masked forever but you know if it means the difference between having live theater and not then I think we'd all still want to have live theater Um, I have several contacts both who are in orchestra pits on Broadway and on the producer side of things on Broadway and they still struggle every day and here we are, you know, a year into their reopening of Broadway. So, like, it was just this time last year when they were starting to redo things, trying to get productions back open. I think this is when Come From Away um, filmed its stage version that then, mm-hmm. was it last fall, I think, you could see it on, on one of the streaming platforms. Mm-hmm. So I think I think everybody's still trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Into the, you brought it up with Into the Woods because that was outside. <laughs> and, I, and I think there's something pretty magical about that. Plus, there weren't many other people really trying to make it happen last year. So I think we were pretty unique that in that. And also, you know, I, I know I told the cast this last year for Into the Woods, but when Sondheim wrote that, it was in the after effect of the AIDS epidemic specific to New York City. And so the lines in there, sometimes people leave you you know he was reflecting on the people having died and here we are in another pandemic where there have been over a million people in this country alone and here we were singing those same lyrics last year (laughs) Mm. there was moving moments um and i was moved emotionally by how mamma mia students did and how we performed and and like the relationships amongst you know students and faculty and that was that was really moving but but Into the Woods was, like, moving emotionally because of the message that it had. Mm-hmm. So I think theater is here to stay no matter what, and we'll keep finding crafty ways to make it still happen. Because there is something... you know that you, We can film things, right? In fact, yeah. every school had to figure out how to film things for a while when you couldn't have anybody in person. But acting for a camera is so very different than acting with people in mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, think of think of the audience yeah. been that's been the least active. Some audiences are quiet and don't respond as well to jokes and, and applause and things. And then think of the upper school's attendance <laughs> at the Mamma Mia preview, which was the opposite end, yeah. and how much fun that is to react to yeah. those things. So I think there will, we will not lose the desire to be in-person... Acting, making music in front of others.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. So, I know you briefly spoke about Mamma Mia. Uh, do you have a favorite takeaway or a favorite moment from it?
1: Hmm. Um, every time you start in on a show, you have a vision of what you hope it will come off as.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and And then, you know, things adjust. You make decisions. The team that's producing it makes decisions. And then you adjust your expectations. It's also students, students are learning, and we adjust our or, you know, adjust expectations in different directions based on what students capability are. Um, And that goes in all directions. It's not that there's a better or they're, they're not doing as good as we thought, or they're better than we thought. It's more like they're, they're teaching us what they can do well and then we modify the success of the show around what a particular student can be successful at. Right. Um, so there's, there's times when that first vision um, may be close to what the final vision is, but I think one of the f- most enjoyable things about it is you, it's still there's so many surprises along the way, and as you both know, the last 10 days of the show Tend to provide the greatest number of surprises,
0: yeah.
1: right? And people put on the costume for the first time or the second time, and they they start to inhabit the character. Um, hopefully, they remember everything they were supposed to sing, and and then you have lights and you have sound and you have the orchestra, and then all those puzzle pieces come together, and there's that that moment when you realize you have something that's going to be really cool.
2: Right, like I loved Tech Week. So this was my first high school production I've ever been in for mm-hmm. a musical. And I had so much fun like during Tech Week. It was like amazing experience.
1: Yeah, and I think there's there's sometimes equal part tears and joy during Tech Week. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think with each show that we've, we're doing, we're trying to make sure there's fewer and fewer tears mm-hmm. associated with it because it is stressful. It's longer hours. Yeah. Um, but I feel like this third major production, um, fourth if, if we count the fall play, we had a chance to really sort of hone in on what the student experience should feel like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even though you know we never get everything exactly timed the way it's perfect to be, students are also older than three years ago. <laughs> and so people are, are have an expectation of what they need to do ahead of time so that they've emptied some other things out of their schedule in their life so that they can truly enjoy those few days because it is fun to finally do it all. And I think when people remember what how much fun they have in a show, they're really remembering the last 10 days, how it all comes together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's good that we forget some of the, the weeks of effort and hard work that it really, you know, it's exhausting and it, it takes time out of your schedule and yet people want to do it because the, the, the success of the end. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing for me that Mamma Mia ended up feeling so successful. It w- like every student on stage should have been like, I feel really proud of this because this was, this was important. And, and then having the whole student body there um, mostly to, to see it was, was another powerful attribute. Um, and then the regular audiences for the actual four shows um, there was something magical for each of them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think everybody waxed and waned a little bit, and in, mm-hmm. in what their favorite moment was across, across each of the four performances. But um, there was an excitement to those that really made you realize, wow, this this has come together. Yeah. It's been successful. Did Did you have a favorite moment? That you <laughs> to share. Uh, you know, when I looked early on, I looked at Act Two. Um, where there's fewer large ensemble moments and much more like two or three people on stage. And I was wondering how the flow of that would read to the audience. Um, and yet it sort of just zipped by. And then we get to that last sequence from does your mother know to then the final relationships uh, details between Donna and Sophie mm-hmm. Um and the, the solos and duets that they inhabit, um, I think that sequence was so very meaningful. So that when everybody comes on at the end of, um, of Tanya's scene, right, and then it's the wedding,
2: right. that
1: sequence became like super interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, and act two, act 1 ends with like how many production numbers in a row from Chikatita to the end. So that one is like for the cast I know it was exhausting. It was like one big yeah. moment after the next without stopping. Um all the way through Vu. but I think we needed that. And I think that's where the show writers were really good to ratchet the audience's attention and excitement and focus and then we get that emotional depth with Sophie and all of her and Donna and their mm-hmm. problems collectively. Then we get to the end of to that moment right before the wedding in Act Two where it is, you know, it's super deep and meaningful, and then it's the, the duet with Tanya and um uh Sam. Right? No. I, Tanya and no I've forgotten.
2: I forgot the name Sam. Pepper?
1: And um, um no. Oh, no. Anyway, the, the, <laughs> this is terrible. See, we've shut the we shut the door on the show now. Um, it's that last duet before the wedding, yeah. Um, where, well, yeah, Alex Pearl and um, um, Harry. and Harry oh, Manuel, yeah. wow. whatever Bill. that duet was. Yeah. I
2: forgot the character. Um, <laughs> his name's Bill. Oh, thank
1: you. Um, that part was like so funny. Yeah, mm, and the two yeah. of them were hysterical together. Even though when they started working on that scene it was the most awkward thing that they encountered at, you know, when they first started staging it. So Mm. that was, um, I think that's where I felt like the success of the show really like, because so many of uh, all the other details were so powerful and so well accomplished that when we got to that moment, it was hysterical.
2: Right. Um, what, what's the most difficult thing or, I know you talked about a few, but what are some difficult things about co-directing a show or, and also did you have like a moment where you didn't really enjoy that part of the show as much?
1: <laughs> um, you know, I think there's, there's moments that are tiring, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the faculty side of it, there's a lot to do. And the last four weeks before the show, um, I think the only way it worked was that we had spring break. Mm-hmm. And most of the faculty, you know, gave up their whole spring break to to see it come to fruition. But then there's the sense of I don't have to be teaching every day. I can take care of just these things and focus on on getting that ready. Um, but, you know, then when we came back from spring break and, I ha- we, and we go back into our teaching schedule and, you know, every evening is busy. Yeah. Um, and after every rehearsal, there's hours, in, which I normally do the next morning. But there's, you know, there's hours of emails and responses and plans and and things to problem solve. Um, And while that is probably the most taxing time, you know, you do it because you know that the payoff is coming and the show deserves it and the cast deserves that kind of follow through. I think other schools, that's maybe where some things don't happen in the same way. Mm -hmm. That um, it takes everybody there sort of, really committed. Um, and, you know, I I sort of function, I think, like, Miss Carrick and I have talked about this. You, you're the first in and you're the last out, right, as a teacher. Yeah. You, you you have to be there ahead of time, and, you know, and you stay there until everybody else is done and ready to go.
0: Yeah.
1: And and when that happens, then you know that everything is ready for the student experience to be important. And I think that was one of the hardest things is how do we make sure that the student experience side of it is successful. How do we do it so that that people don't feel like they're 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 wrung out completely by the end of it? Which everybody is tired and emotional when it's all done, <laughs> and then you have to go back to regular life of doing assignments and um, and all kinds of other things. But finding that balance um, in the last few weeks of the show, and I think logistically the hardest part is that it's not on the same campus that we work at all yeah. day. So the idea of transporting everything we need over there and, you know, so splitting our time as students too. We're over here for half the day yeah. and then we go over there for the rest of the day. And, and so like sort of living back and forth in that world. Um, so someday when the on-campus theater here is completed, it'll be a little easier for students to do both things, mm-hmm. right? I think that's something we've worked hard at with um, students in say dance company or clubs or other things if we're rehearsing on the same in the same campus that were that those other activities are going on it's a few steps easier um, it's also helps that more students uh, they've gotten older can drive now yeah. so then there's a little bit less busing that's required mm-hmm. um, and frankly we couldn't do any of these productions without the student involvement, stage managers or the students specifically in the music theater workshop class. They form a huge sort of production backbone to helping accomplish things.
0: So switching over a bit to set design, Yeah. I remember my first reaction when I walked into the theater and I saw the set, the set is, uh, was absolutely stunning. And I was just wondering what kind of went into that whole yeah. part of the musical and if there was what was what inspired you the most when you were designing the set?
1: Yeah. So Mr. Yankee was the set designer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think whether it's the directing side or the designing side, you're inspired by other things you see. And you know, you do your research and due diligence. You see what other shows have done. And even though you don't want to ever do exactly what someone else has done, although we could do that, there are companies out there that have like the entire show system in like three or four shipping containers and you can rent it and you pay for the shipping containers to to be delivered and you literally unload it and put it together and follow the blueprints. So that is like a thing you could do. It actually costs Mm -hmm. a lot of money. Uh, It costs us less money to build it, even though it takes a lot of effort. Mm-hmm. Um so anyway, you could do that. Um and I think shows that are uh like people that who do Disney productions like Beauty and the Beast, Little Mermaid, because those ha- you you have to really transport yourself to a a, a non realistic place, yeah. then a lot of schools from time to time will do that. They'll they'll do those exact kind of things. Um but Mr. Yankee is an amazing um theater person and he's um he's he's a playwright. He's directed shows, and he's also this insane mathematician, (laughs) and what a better person to plan out how we can construct an entire set, not in the space that we're performing it in. Pack it up, have it ready, and um, I don't know if the students knew this, but he built most of it on this campus in modular pieces, Mm. and then he stored it in Mr. Colombo's garage right across the street, (sighs) And so the first Monday of spring break um, using vehicles to help transported every piece to the back of the theater. So, you know, our problem is we don't have our own space and we only had two weeks to put it all together. Mm -hmm. But how do you build as much as you can ahead of time? So that's where his sort of genius comes in. You know, he calculated everything out. He had it completely mapped out dimensions and everything. Um, and, you know, one of the most important ingredients is we had a, a pretty good, um, accurate representation of, of of the space and the design of the theater so that we could know exactly where the sight lines would be ahead of time. And while we didn't use models for this show, building a model of the theater that is as precise as it can be so that in the future we can make scale renderings, mm. um, scale models, bef- then we can make decisions ahead of time. Um, So yeah, the the entire patio, that giant um, semi-circular shape, we um, cut, he designed and we cut and painted all ahead of time, a bunch of it during the intercession theater class. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was one way that that was done and wrapped up and we didn't have to then paint the whole stage with painstaking effort just prior to the show. It was ready, just put it in the back of a truck. And bring it over and screw it down. So, um, so the f- the fusion of his scenic design and really great lighting, I think, is what makes. And then Miss Graham was really in charge of making it look as amazing as it was with the you know the depth and the texture in the painting um, of the of the taverna and everything else. And um, so that fusion uh, of paint, structure, and lighting. Um, is such a huge reason why it looks so good like we really transported people right right plants everywhere we had some families donate plants we found artificial plants all around campus that we could borrow and haul on stage and we used vines from into the woods Um, and the platform area that little sun deck that was on the rear side of the stage that was platforms from into the woods so all of these ideas you know are also meant to be Super simple to reuse and reconfigure for all future productions.
2: Um, are there are there any set designs from the original play that you carried over into this production of Mamma Mia? Um,
1: so there are. There's a, a close friend of Mr. Yankee's who is um, a professional scenic designer, mm-hmm. and he has several designs of several shows that we've looked at as one of our reference points. Mm-hmm. Um so the the concept of taverna on one side of stage and like a, a but not centered but on an angle um and a patio in the center there are certain similarities amongst many productions. Mm-hmm. Um so you we're sort of drawing on things that um that we know would work well. To duplicate things i think you know the thing that a real broadway show can do is they can make giant structures move and turn
2: yeah and they
1: have turntables on stage and and do things like that so um you know we try to do as many things with light changes as we can or like you know the the different scenes with the bed the nightmare scene or the the dynamo scenes when they're starting out together donna and Rosie and Tanya. And, and so, you know, those were not turning a structure to make it look like they're in a bedroom. It's happening you know, in a different area of stage. So there are things that a school must do that we don't have, you know, steel rigging and welders <laughs> and giant rolling devices, which would be really fun. But, um, but realistically, what we did then, without having to move much, meant that our scene changes could be lightning fast.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think that's something Into the Woods made really apparently clear. You don't have to move big structures to make telling the story feel effortless. Yeah. And I think Mamma Mia traditionally doesn't have a ton of moving things. But, and, and none of us wants to sit in a show waiting for the scene change to be done,
0: mm-hmm. right?
1: Okay. So, um, so yeah, no, it, there was a lot of um, really thought and intention and still looking at what other people have done to inform you of what would work for us in our space.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Well, just to really quickly wrap this up, is there anything you would want to change if you had the chance to work in Mamma Mia again, or is there anything that you'd want to make sure to keep the same?
1: Mm. Um, because the theater is a shared space, it means that we rehearse by 4 o'clock and into the evening, and it means that it's harder to get that tech work done that you need to do before you can start running the show again, Mm -hmm. right? The lighting designer, the scenic designer, um, sound designer, there's a lot they need to do so that by the time we're ready to start the show, it is feasible. Um, because we share that space with anything that the middle school and the upper elementary are all doing, it means that then we don't have many daytime hours. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, so my hope is we can economize that time a little bit, and even though we won't have our own theater right away, the more time we have during the day means that then students can be a part of the lighting and sound design. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's one of the next steps. We have so many, so many great engineering and computer science students here that would, if they sat at the light and sound board and they saw the really cool technology that we're actually employing, they would be blown away but there's not enough time in our current schedule to allow for that. So I think there's a whole other level of technical theater that would be fun to employ for students, that that's an area of serious growth, that we can do some things without having uh, our own theater. And, but the ultimate is when that happens, then, you know, classes, engineering classes, computer science classes could be in the theater for certain days leading up to the show Mm -hmm. Okay. And they could help design some things that maybe we, we'd want to have. You know, if we have built a barricade for Les Mis someday, maybe the engineering students can help build how it would mechanically move. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's, th- I think there's there's another level of fusion of collaboration between coursework and the theater extracurricular that would really be fun to think of. I know that's not Mamma Mia specific, but that's sort of like, okay, what, what other levels of craziness could we... Because we get, could we get into? Um, there's a whole lot more that we could do and have fun with that. But there's also living in real life, which means we still have to have the show ready. And and um, some things can be finished. And other things we just have to say, you know, this is perfect right now. But next time, could we try this?
0: Right. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Cool. cool. Thank, Thank you. you so Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. That's it for today's episode. Thank you all so much for listening, and we really hope you enjoyed. See you all next time!